Hello and welcome to the Church Music Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Harmon. On this episode today, I get the privilege of having my first repeat guest, Fred Willis. This guy is an amazing, amazing man and a blessing to so many. And I know that as you listen, you're going to be blessed as well. When Fred first came on, we talked about the whole coronavirus lockdown and how how the shift to online worship uh, for his church kind of came into being. And so that's where we start. We've, we uh, we spent some time just kind of catching up on, on where they're at. But then we dive into what's really been going on in our country and in our world for about the past two, three weeks um, with the, the murder of George Floyd and, and the cries for justice. And I think it is a different time that we're living in. Um, you're going to hear us talking about that of just that momentum um, that we're feeling. And my prayer, and I hope you join me in praying that prayer, is that God uses this to help a lot of us look in the mirror, to help us realize that things have to be different. We have to be different. And that's not going to be easy because it's going to mean change. It's going to mean being uncomfortable. But in the end, we have to do what God has called us to do. If we believe in the Bible and what the Bible says, we can't just follow parts of it. We can't just cherry pick and choose what's fitting for us and what we'll just leave off to the side. When God speaks about justice, he doesn't mean just one color skin. When God speaks about justice, he means all people, all of his creation. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Fred. And I hope it's as much of a blessing to you as it is to me. Thanks again for listening. All right. Well, hello, Fred. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing really good. It's good to be talking to you again. Yeah, yeah. So, Fred, you are our first returning guest on the podcast. So that's uh, really fun. Um, yeah, what an honor. Yeah, absolutely. Fred was on in uh, talking about the whole early part of the the coronavirus lockdown and mm -hmm. uh, quarantine or shelter in place or whatever you want to call it. So, uh, give us an update. How what, what's been going on with your church over the past couple months? Well, you know, we did in in church um, service, you know, live streaming as long as we could. Mm -hmm. um, we reduced the numbers. You know, you're in Texas as well. We didn't. Yep. We had about five at one time, and then the number reduced to just the pastor and us musicians, and then it went down to the pastor streaming from home. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been streaming from home, I think, now for about a month. Uh, <clears throat> we're going on a month. I think May we were still in at, at the service at church, and uh, <clears throat> it was getting good, too, because, you know, I think I was talking to you about using iRig, uh, yeah. Initially, when I came on, so I found another piece. I was using mine at home, and obviously, I didn't. I had stuff to do at home, so I was glad to have that piece at the church. Mm -hmm. um, but one Sunday, I think we only had it for one Sunday, and uh, I was so upset because I was getting, I was getting clipping. You know, looking at my device, and it looked like it was clipping. And I went back and listened to it, 
And when I turned the instruments down, they were like not in the mix at all. And I was like, oh my God. So I wanted to really perfect that. Um, but now we're just, you know, just kind of playing it by ear, you know, to see when we going back. Um, but because I do digital media, you know, I've been helping on that end. Right. Um, so I'm still working, you know, still still working, trying to trying to do what I can. But I I I, I mean, I'm not saying everybody come back. You know, but I'm like, at least we could get our little unit back, you know, because yeah. that yeah. was fun. I mean, that's for, for my church. We uh, actually started back in-person worship on May 31st. Um, oh, wow. Still still was streaming. Um, yeah. And the numbers definitely were so much less. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, where for our early service, it's more of a traditional worship where mm-hmm. a lot of the older members are. Uh, we typically yeah. have about 200 in that service, and mm-hmm. we're maybe at about 75. You know? Wow. And even for our contemporary service, where we have a lot of families with younger kids, mm-hmm. it's maybe 100, where we would be about 350 or so. Oh, wow. Because a lot of the families with younger kids are, are staying home. Yes. Um, just because. Yeah, I mean, for me, my daughters are 11 and 8, so we can tell yeah. them, don't hug, don't run up to me, <laughs> they'll listen. But yeah. you try telling that to a two-year-old, it yeah. ain't happening. Ain't <laughs> so, happening at all. So, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it's it's been interesting, and it's just been really, it's been different, um, you know, just because for us, we were live streaming all of our worship services, and so, mm-hmm. you know, you get used to... Oh, yeah doing that in a, in a way that's really kind of different than before where there weren't people, but now it's kind of your audience is, is almost a duality mm-hmm. because you've got the people that are sitting in front of you, but then you also have that <laughs> online yeah, <laughs> online yeah. congregation too. So yeah. it's, it's just been an interesting road to navigate along the way. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's been, been really interesting, but you know, time, I'm, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, well, listen, I'm I'm in favor of the way we found a way to have church online. You know, I'm one of those people. I'm saying, you know, y'all look at how we can get in and out in an hour. You know, we can do everything. We can handle all the business. We can make announcements. We can, you know, all of that in an hour. And, you know, I was writing and I said, you know, human interaction by itself is going to extend service. You know, um, but I'm like, we're we're learning what we can actually live without, mm-hmm. you know, in service. And so, you know, even with you guys, y'all are, are you you talking about that duality and I love it. I get it. But, you know, when we go back, I hope we alter our services kind of in favor of that digital crowd. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I think I think I really I think that's going to be something moving forward. I mean, you know, really, I think about I mean, my dad was a pastor. So growing up, mm-hmm. it was. You know, every Sunday afternoon, he would make recordings of the worship service to take to shut-ins during the week. Wow. You know, or videos or things like that, right? Yeah. Well, this is, this is essentially what that is. It's, you know, yeah. not only just for an outreach, um, but also for those people who can't physically come. Yeah. You know, I think this can be a great opportunity for ministry as well as, you know, I mean, the world that we live in, people are hesitant to come into a church just because... If they've never done it before, it's a new and different place. And, you know, right. you've got all your preconceived notions where here you can see that, oh, hey, these people don't have three heads and they're normal. <laughs> uh, <you know? laughs> and and get to see who they are before you set foot in it. Um, mm-hmm. One other thing, too, you know, um, how, how has your congregation been responding to this? Are they kind of chomping at the bit to get back to getting together or are they still still OK with it? 
we have a mix, you know. Yeah. Um, we have a lot. They are they jump on whenever the pastor's on, whenever they see the messages on, they see that. Um, you know, but then you also have the people, and I think this is an un- unintended consequence of the times that we've also had people who, you know, the active members. I'm not. I don't know about giving, but I will say they're not visible. Uh, during the broadcast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm I was guilty of that last week, you know, because the sermon was pre-recorded. I watched it after service time, so sure. to speak, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't want to get into that because if I do, then I will lose myself at that hour, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and I don't want to be, I don't want to." But so that's that's kind of what we're seeing is we're seeing the engagement, not necessarily tail off, but it's different, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's just kind of an overall thing for really for everybody, right? We're kind of to that Mm -hmm. point where, okay, let's get back to life, right? (laughs) Yes. Uh, And and I think for for my church, I was talking with my senior pastor today, and that was one of the things he said is, you know, people are just, they're done. They're ready to be done and ready to get back to what we've been doing, which, of course, it's going to be different. And for Mm -hmm. how long? Well, we don't know. But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's an interesting time that we're in. Um, I'm seeing a cool idea about people having signups, especially people with multiple service services, Um, you know, the signups. And if you get signed in, you know, I even saw a funny meme about somebody showing up to church late. You know, it's like the look on your face when you show up and church is already full, you know. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I even think that's a real, really good way to get engagement up, you know, again. Yeah. No, I mean, like for us this past Sunday, we had uh, communion and, mm-hmm. and and what we did, because typically what we'll do is everybody goes up and takes communion. But we had mm-hmm. a little individual prepackaged <laughs> grape juice and, and yeah. wafers and you, know, you had to undo it. And mm-hmm. it was it was different. It really was. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I can say I liked it, but it was just different. <laughs> but, but it's better than the alternative of not doing it. So absolutely. Uh, I look absolutely. at it that way and say, OK, mm-hmm. yeah, that works. All right. So the reason I wanted to have you back is because not only just to catch up on, on where you're at and where things are at for you. Um, but I've been, been following you on Facebook and especially over the past couple of weeks, um, since the, the tragedy with George Floyd, mm-hmm. I mean, man, you've been, you've been really posting some great things on Facebook. And, and I think, uh, as, as we really wrestle with what do we do? You know, mm-hmm. I, I think this is this is the conversation for many. And it seems like, I mean, yeah, we've had this conversation before many, many, many yep. times. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, something happens where we see something videoed and all of a sudden there's this uprising. This to me just feels different. Yeah. Does it feel different to you? Oh, yeah, it feels different because this time. Now, I have had to explain, you know, even though it is on film, and I haven't watched the video. Mm-hmm. I'm going to admit that now. I haven't watched the video, and I'll tell you why. Because I realized after watching the Philando Castile video that it was, it, was, it was traumatic, but it was also making me feel a certain kind of way. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I'll say this. The officer that shot uh, Philando Castile, he was acquitted. He went to trial and was acquitted. Yes. Um, and so after that, during that season, I wrote an article and I said, before you watch another video, that was the name of it. And I had a, a specialist come in and I had her explain why, you know, 
explain the PTSD that we experienced when we watched that. Okay, so I said that to say that even though I have still had to explain it to certain people and explain why that's not an abnormality for black people in police custody, mm-hmm. um, even sharing some of my experiences, I feel that it's different because now we have allies jumping in immediately yeah. with Trayvon, uh, with, I'll just say the unarmed, you know, where there was no controversy because that is not that the, that's not normal or that it hasn't happened. Trayvon, Tamir Rice, he was a kid, yeah. Jordan Edwards. With those cases, we've had to explain like, okay, here's the issue. This is what happened. This is why it's wrong. And people are like, I don't know about that. But this time people are like, whoa, this is actually a problem. <laughs> and yeah. so what I on, on top of that, spiritually, I feel that that there this is part of this is part of the we talked about this on the first one, the revival that's happening. Yes. This this also a spiritual awakening. And so that's why I, it, it behooves us in the kingdom to be a part of it. It doesn't matter your, your, your skin color. And I'm thinking even now that we're having to look beyond skin color, you know, and be mm-hmm. united in the kingdom. That's why I feel like it's different. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me in all of this, not, not even not even just this, but just even going back to the whole, you know, wearing a mask and, and all that with the coronavirus. <laughs> Yeah. I have had this question from scripture come back to me again and again and again. And it's mm-hmm. it's that question that leads into the parable of the Good Samaritan. Ooh, who, who is, is my, my neighbor? neighbor? Yeah. And who is my neighbor? You know, um, you know, with wearing a mask, I, I have a, a good friend of mine who two of their four kids have cystic fibrosis. Wow. So, yeah, that to me, it's okay. That's why I'm doing it. My mom is 81 years old. That's why I'm doing it. You know, I'm thinking it's not for me. It's not because I need it. It's for other people. And Mm -hmm. and again, with all of this going on, and I mean, just just overall in, in how we live our lives, whether it's about race, whether it's about how we talk to each other, all of this, you know, if we keep that question in mind, and who is my neighbor? And if we think about the fact that we are all creations of God, we are all children of God, we are neighbors. Plain yes. and does not matter what color skin we are, doesn't matter what we look like, how we talk, how we act, doesn't matter. We are at all God's children. Yeah. And and it's it's hard to really read the Bible and see the divide that we have allowed to persist, especially in the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, first Peter two and nine, he's it says, You are a chosen generation, the royal priesthood. No longer, you know, people um, without, I, I can't remember the rest. I'm going to look it up. But he was saying basically that in the kingdom, now we have our identity. Right. Not an identity, but we have our identity in the kingdom. And so even, listen, this is 400 years since chattel slavery, shadow slavery was brought to the coast of the United States, 401 years. And so now you even now going in the Bible. Now you even have people saying, Oh, I see that there in the Bible. Okay. So even with that, our identity is in the kingdom. So you can say, Oh, that was the children of Israel back then. But if you read the Bible, the children of Israel, those are the protagonists of the Bible. Jesus is a part of that. You get all of that. So, you know, I think it's time that we look at ourselves and we ask not only who is my neighbor, but how can I be the neighbor Jesus wants me to be? Exactly. And But I think we have to start with that first question, which is which is hard enough for so many. <laughs> you know, just 
who is my neighbor? Who is, okay. Yeah. Once we once we get that, now we can then have that. You can't have that second discussion yeah. without having the first one, right? So you have to you have to figure that out. Of okay, so who is my neighbor? And you know, I mean, yeah. For me, I'm I'm white. I I grew up in white everything, right? Um, yeah. And, and so for me to try and to try and empathize, I can't. I, honestly, mm-hmm. I, I I want to. I want to understand, and and and, and I struggle at that because I, I can't. Right? I've not had those life experiences. Mm-hmm. I've never had to say, "Am I going to get pulled over for driving while white?" No. <laughs> right? I don't have yeah. to worry about those things. I don't have to worry about you know being profiled or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I think the, the biggest thing to me and the biggest question I'm wrestling with is, you know, for someone who is white, what do I do? How, how do I, you know, how do I be the best neighbor, the best ally, the best friend, the best person that I can be to, to bring encouragement, to bring help, to bring whatever's needed in that process? I'm going to answer that, and, and, and this is the court, the answer that I give when people ask me, how can I find my purpose? You got to go to God about that. No, absolutely. Um, because if we, were, if we are to look at the example of the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan didn't just help him up and pick him up. Mm-hmm. He put him in a hotel. Yeah. And the Bible says that he was a guarantor for the man the whole time he was there. He mm-hmm. was leaving town, but he says, listen, I got him covered. Everything is on me. Right. So I come back to town. I make it good. So we have to be willing to go that far, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when, to answering the question. And I think we'll find the answer based on who we are, where we are, and what we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? and, and, and I think, you know, I mean, I, I know for me, this has been something that's been growing for a while. I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I've, I've felt that. Um, just kind of wrestling with that. And, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, a couple of years ago, probably about three years ago, I think it was, um, during the month of February, I would start, I, I was playing, you know, spirit, uh, organ music based on spirituals, right? And mm-hmm. things like that, you know, okay. And it, it wasn't because it was cliche of saying, hey, it's Black History Month. It's more, <laughs> yeah. I want to actually bring about something positive. But here's the, here's the amazing part of that. Almost every arrangement that I played wasn't written by a black person. Wow. Of spirituals, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I, I decided uh, last week, I said, okay, I want to really sit down and look at choir music, look at organ music, look at handbell music. Where is the black representation? Now, mm-hmm. looking at choir music, it's it's there. It's, yeah. it's small. It could be it's more. It's very small. But, yeah. it's, but it's there, right? Mm-hmm. And then I started looking at organ music and it was less, right? Yeah. But there's some, there's some. And mm-hmm. so, so, but I right away said, okay, I'm going to speak to this, you know, looking at what music is out there. Yeah. I'm going to purchase it and I am going to use it in what I'm doing. Not just because, hey, it's June and this stuff is happening. <laughs> because it's right. the right thing to do. I'm going to come back Absolutely. in a second. Then mm-hmm. I went and looked at handbell music, and there's pretty much nothing. Right? Yeah. Um, and saying, okay, there, there's got we got to do better. Not just because 
you know, not just to the sake of okay, we gotta we gotta we gotta throw a bone here and make sure that it's okay. <laughs> you know, we got we got all right. the boxes checked. We got you know, we got this, we got that, we got this. No, mm-hmm. it's it's encouraging and building up those people who are doing this. Well, so on Sunday, um, I I chose music um, that was was based on spirituals that really wasn't the most upbeat positive things it was you know it was more of um you know when israel wasn't jesus oh yeah right you know things like that 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 were more plaintive because to me our worship has to be a reflection now i use these as preludes before the service Mm -hmm. so sunday afternoon i post on my personal facebook page i said so if you were in worship today um this is what you heard and i'm going to be doing this moving forward and i got a comment from one of our church members who said Mm -hmm. That's being very political. Mm. <laughs> I was floored. I mean, I'm spending Sunday afternoon working in my garage trying to trying to clean things up, and yeah. I'm, just, I'm just feeling this weight, and I wanted to just start throwing things. So all I responded with was, "My pre-service music choices are not political, mm. because it's not." And and that's the thing to me. It's it's not about saying, "Hey, look at me." And that wasn't mm-hmm. my reasoning for doing it. It was basically, right. let's start bringing to light what's out there. And so I actually found this gorgeous piece. It's called a melody um, by Samuel Coleridge Taylor um, for the organ. And I, I sat down Tuesday and I pl- played through it. Mm-hmm. And I was mad. I was mad that I had been playing the organ for 28 years and I had not found that piece of music until right now. Wow. But I tell you what, I'm going to use that thing like there is no tomorrow. <laughs> it's a beautiful piece of music. Yeah. But that's the thing that I think we, at least in the church music world specifically, mm-hmm. can do is basically we kind of get this tunnel vision. right? Yes. We, we, we stick with what's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's, there's good and comfort, right? I mean, we, yeah. we like yeah. being comfortable. Mm-hmm. But we don't grow when we're no. comfortable. We no. don't really grow. It's when we're uncomfortable. I mean, look at look at what has happened over the past three months for our for our churches, for just our world, right? Mm-hmm. We've been uncomfortable, and we have Very. grown and learned and done new and different things because <laughs> we've been uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think to me that's kind of why this feels a little bit different. Is not only because of everything else that's gone on. But I think just because we're already in a state of being uncomfortable overall, right? <laughs> but also, I think there's enough momentum, if you want to call it that, but yeah. there's enough push. Mm-hmm. Okay, we we need to, uh, and I'm talking we as we in the white people, yeah. um, we have to be more compassionate. We need to be more caring. We need to just not knee-jerk respond to Black Lives Matter as all lives matter. Well, yes, but (laughs) all lives matter, yes. Black lives matter, yes. Mm. Now, of course, that, you know, we can can have conversations about that, of that that phrase has probably been co-opted and politicized and more than it should be, but the point is still there. Mm -hmm. Yes, black lives do matter, plain and simple. Mm -hmm. And and I, I think I don't know. For me, I haven't seen as much from churches in a response to this as mm-hmm. probably should be. And I, I, I think it's 
I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a pastor, so I, I don't get to speak to that, which is probably a good thing because I would say lots of not so positive things. Um, but <laughs> but I think we, we we have to we have to be different. We have to think different. We have to do yeah. different. And I think it, it's it's not just blanketly saying, okay, we're sorry for what happened in the past, and we move forward and we go back to our our everyday thing. Yeah, we have it, it, it really saying sorry doesn't change anything, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's we have to be intentionally different in in how we choose to live our lives and how we choose to walk together with others. And it's going to be uncomfortable. You know, I mean, for the past week and a half that I've been writing, writing blog posts, it's been uncomfortable, yeah. you know, because it's but not in a bad way, really. It's been more of, OK, this is challenging for me and I think it's challenging for others but it's it's challenging I think in in the long run it's going to be challenging in a good way yeah we have to rise to the challenge you know we have to rise to the challenge of being uncomfortable um but there's a lot coming out of this and I'll talk in the natural um well I'll I'll kind of prop that up against spirit the spirituality here in the Mm -hmm. bible when you've done people wrong part of being sorry was restitution correct and as far as see people are asking you know what can i do and we say okay well understanding is one part but understanding is not the end understanding is the beginning that's when you say oh okay i have contributed to a system that oppressed your people Correct. yes you have yes absolutely yes you've been a benefactor of a system that you know disproportionately um you know affects me right um, so when you think about restitution, the question is, what does restitution look like mm. in South Carolina? When the concept of 40 acres and a mule was introduced, it was quickly uh, done away with. Mm-hmm. That was only South Carolina. Right. They didn't even award South Carolinians uh, 40 acres and a mule like they were supposed to. And so here we are now in 2020 and Congress says, uh, in 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. Sure, we'll apologize for slavery, but we'll take reparations off the table. That's the only way we'll apologize. Yeah. And so that's the, that's that's what we're living under. Now, if you're righteous, righteousness says we got to do something. Right. That's that that's the way to write. That's the yoke of Christ saying, mm-hmm. I feel compelled to contribute to to this cause. I feel, yeah. you know, and then. Here's the rub, though, and this is why you don't hear a lot of white pastors speaking about it, because part of that restitution is power. Yeah. And so how can it, how can it be that I want to be right and I want to do the right thing, but it's going to cost me what I'm not willing to give? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to cost me not being the favorite voice at the table. It's going to cost me position. It's going to cost me some political power. It's going to cost me uh you know literally money you know when the bible says the love of money is the root of all evil there's a lot of truth in that oh yeah um and you're talking about black lives matter somebody was talking about that today and was like you know who's funding that i said listen if you don't agree with black lives matter find what works for you and come on Mm -hmm. you don't have to get out there march and holler black lives matter it's enough for you to grab and be a part of this movement without trying to discredit what's going on right now. And that was a black person that said it. Um, and so what's happening is the recogni- recognizing of it, not so much a reckoning yet, 
but recognizing what the cost of it is going to be. You know, yeah. you say, uh, yeah, I want to do something good. Yeah, I want to do something great. Yeah, but at the cost of your comfort, that's when, see, yeah. that's when Jesus asked the young man, he said, Jesus, I follow all the commandments. I do everything yeah. right. What yet lack I? And he said, sell all you have and give to the poor and follow me. Yeah. The Bible says he went away sad. It didn't say he came back after he did it. Exactly. It says he went away sad. And so I looked at that and I said, this man, we don't even know his name. Right. But he could have been one of the 12. The Bible names all of the 12. It even names Matthias, who was, you know, they cast lots to add him, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and you know, scholars may say they weren't supposed to cast lots. You know, Matthias don't count, whatever. Okay, that's fine. Y'all can disagree on that. We still know Matthias's name, though. Right. But we don't know this young man's name who said, well, yet like I. And when Jesus told him, sell all you have, give to the point, and follow me, Jesus yeah. was telling him, I got something better for you. Or you could look at it and say, the reward was, come follow me. I'm going to itch you in the annals of history. Yeah. I'm going to itch you in the annals of history in the kingdom, in world history. But he didn't want that. He refused that. And so that, I think, has been, that's why we, we make progress and then we stop. We make progress and then we stop because the mirror comes up. This is what you have to do. Oh, I ain't willing to do that. Right. You know, um, and I'm going to speak on this. I'm going to give it back to you. As far as music goes, I'm going to mention two names, Moses Hogan and mm -hmm. Glenn Burley. Yes. Those two guys are fantastic composers. Um, and I hope you can find some organ music from them. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you can find those arrangements. Yeah. Um, but those two, I was listening to Glenn Burley yesterday. Um, but as far as, you know, doing that, and, and I'm going to use a word that's kind of been, <laughs> uh, we, it's, it's put a, a bad spin on it in the church, and the word is inclusion. Uh, when we work to find what's different, but good. When we say inclusion, now you have people saying, oh, you just want to have one faith and one heaven and nobody goes to hell. No, 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 no. Inclusion is we take what's different, what God made different. Find, See the good in it and use it. Oh, absolutely. Um, or spirituals go. Spirituals. Um, when I was in Germany, when I was in France, I was in Europe. Those people, that was what they knew gospel music to be. Spirituals. Yeah. You know, before the Thomas Dorsey era. They loved that. They were introduced to that through Edwin Hawkins and Oh Happy Day. But the anything before that, I'm not going to say Dr. Watts because that's something for us um, in, in the Black Church in America. But you got Dr. Watts, and I forgot the young man's name in Ireland or Scotland. I forgot where he was. He was kind of the European, uh, the Irish equivalent of a Dr. Watts. So when you get into the historicity of our music, and just how deep it actually is. And you say, wait a minute, it's been there the whole time. Mm -hmm. You know, how yeah. come we have it? And then you say, the oppression of our, what we have is deeper than we even know. Absolutely. You know, I've heard a historian say that jazz is the classical music of America. I, yeah, I definitely can see that. Definitely. It's the classical music of America. But when you hear classical music, when you think classical music, you hear Baroque music. You hear talk about the Romantic period, yes. the Baroque period. That's all you hear about is those guys in Europe. And it's been it's been forsaken. You know, it's like an afterthought. You have to study jazz, but it's neat. I mean, you have to study classical music, but jazz is an elective. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's like, 
okay, so the day of reckoning is coming close, <laughs> but the first step is recognizing recognizing that. And I, I, I'm even convicted as I was talking about the young man when Jesus says, you know, he said, what like I, what yet like I, you know, and so I'm, I'm compelled um, to, oh, this is what, this is it, the ministry of reconciliation. We have the ministry of reconciliation. And that's where we meet uh, as believers. You know, we are on different ends of the spectrum, but we have the ministry of reconciliation, not just to each other, but re- reconciling humanity to God. Absolutely. We work together. You know, whether you black and I'm white, I'm white and you black. We work together, Absolutely. you know, for the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling men and women to uh, to God. And, and that's most important. But we can't do that when we don't view each other, you know, as equal. Yeah, I mean that's 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 exactly it. I think even too what you were talking about, you know that that inclusivity it goes back to Jesus. Yes, Jesus saying, "I am the way and the truth and the life." That's yeah. that's that's inclusive. It's no one comes except through me, right? Come it's, on. It, it, let's go right yep. exactly yeah and, and and i think that's that's the mentality that we've got to have and so i i think what what we have to do is look in the mirror like you said yeah. you know it's, mm-hmm. it's look at what what is it going to cost and 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 what what are things that we can do you know i mean that that's the thing for me right i mean i i'm i'm a white lutheran organist church musician yeah what what can i do differently how can i be different well i can write blog posts about it i can i can you know i can i can do the things that are within my control yeah i can read i can learn i can grow right and most Mm -hmm. importantly i can go back to scripture and say what are you saying about this god how am i supposed to love others and how have i failed Mm -hmm. what do i need to do differently and what do I need to, to be different about in my thoughts mm-hmm. and in my actions? And how do I speak up for those who aren't being spoken up for? Mm-hmm. And that's hard. I mean, I, I've, I've really been wrestling with, I mean, like I said, it's, it's been a longer period than just the past couple of weeks, but I've really been wrestling with that of just, what does that look like? You know, what is, what does life look like? I mean, is it's obviously going to be different, mm-hmm. but is different bad? I, I don't think so. I, I think mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of good that can come out of that. But the hard part is there's you know it it, it starts with you, right? It starts with yeah. one person, but then it starts with then that gets passed on to other people, and so a part of that, like you were saying before, you make progress, you make progress, and then you stop, right? And, yeah. and, and and I think that's that's the fear that I have in all of this is that okay, you know this is this is what's going on, this is what's being talked about, and then what happens in a couple of weeks or months when the next topic of conversation? Comes, oh man, the news right? cycle changes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what 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 happens? Right? Are we are we going to make progress and make progress and we're we're making more progress than before? But then what? Right? Yeah. And, and so that's been my prayer in all of this is that we continue to keep making progress, not only as individuals, but as a nation, as a world, that mm-hmm. we are different and that this isn't something that just is that cycle of, okay, we're moving forward, moving forward, 
And then we stop until the next stop. time. Yeah. I don't want there to be a next time. I mean, after I'm George Floyd, how much time. worse can it be? Right. You know, I mean, how much worse can it can it be? I mean, we've seen kids shot, yeah. you know, by police officers. Uh, we saw a man struggle. And, 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 and let me say this to your audience, too. I'm, I'm pro-police, all right? I'm one of those people. I'm, I'm a law-abiding person, okay? Mm. So when I talk about the police, I'm talking, you know, on the wrong side, all right? Right, right. Do we need to divert some funds to address other social issues? Yeah, we can talk about that. I think we should. You got mental health. You got homelessness that have things that have been criminalized, right? But that's not on the police. That's on mm-hmm. the city council. That's right. on legislation to, to do that. So, yeah. And, and let me say this, too. As a, as a young black person, my home was shot into twice. I'm not a gang member. My family is not a gang member. Our neighbors were in shootouts and bullets came into our homes. So yeah. I'm a person who, you know, if I was shot, the police would have showed up and done that. Right. So. When I talk about the police, when I my angle is not anti-police, is not in favor no. of lawlessness. I just want things done right, you know. And I think all of us, if you're a person that wants things done right, this is your moment. You know, you don't have to preface saying and doing the right thing with a, a whole dissertation. Right. <laughs> you don't have to defend doing right and saying right. I call it common sense. This is a common sense movement. And I think that's also why it's different because it's registering to people, wait a minute, this is happening in America? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when they wrote the Com- Constitution of America, you know, this was going on. Slavery right. was going on. And you had people who were abolitionists like Thomas Paine who spoke out against this regularly. You know, in Philadelphia, they they had a, a whole, you know, anti-slavery movement going on in Philadelphia, 1774, right. 1775. Um Preachers, let's talk church. Charles Spurgeon, you know, who was anti-slavery in Britain. Yep. Uh, they hated him in America. They burned his books. They said, if he comes to America, we're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so this is not new, but it's new in this moment because we now have a responsibility to try and get it right in our time. To try to make things right in our time mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and try to go further than we've gone before. Right. You talked about being uncomfortable, Craig. Listen, we're going to have to be uncomfortable for a while. We're going to have to, as believers, suffer together. Yeah. Because we're going to, you know, you may be, uh, you you may have a difference with something that I say, you know, down the line. You might say, well, I don't know, Fred. I don't, that's, that's a little too far, you know. But, or I might say, Craig, man, I thought you got it. You know, I thought you, I thought you were with it. I thought you were woke. You know, but we have to also have temperance in this movement. We have to have the single cause of saying we want it done right. Because guess what? We under the guise of the kingdom. When I die, I hope to see you in heaven. And when you die, I hope you want to see me in heaven. And everybody we know. Because we, again, have the ministry of reconciliation. And before I was on with you, I was watching a friend of mine. And she had a lawyer on, police officers. And she was saying, you know, the idea of justice in the kingdom is different than justice in America. And uh, I don't know. You know, I think that if we say thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, then I think we have the responsibility of trying to make what God thinks happen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Not legislated so much because you can't legislate hearts. No. 
you know, but at least be the example to show that. That's exactly it. It's the example. It's how we live our lives. And that, that again, going back to this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it, that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's being that light for others to see. Yeah. And saying there can be a different way. There needs to be a different oh, way. Yeah. Has to be. Yeah. And, and so, so I think that, that's exactly it. And so as we as we move forward, I think that's that's the biggest thing It's just, you know, again, choosing to not let it go just to keep holding on to, OK, what is what is the most important thing? Like you said, that yeah. that singular focus. And, and, and I think it seems like, again, it just seems different. It seems like there's that momentum there that is going to keep it moving forward. I hope. I mean, I, I. Yeah, we we were. I was in prayer today, and I spent you know a little more time because I'm working on a project. Yeah. And I prayed about that and all the aspects and angles going on with that. And uh, this evening, the you know, I was like, man, I did good in prayer today. I prayed longer than I normally do. And I'm like, yeah, that was a first. <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord said you didn't you didn't really touch the issues that you're talking about all the time. You didn't. You mm-hmm. didn't. You didn't really get to the meat of it. Right. Yeah, you spent a lot of time in praying, but you wasn't saying nothing, you know. And so, that that's that focus. Yeah, that singular focus. When Jesus said, "Lord, make them one," you know, it, it can't just be me anymore praying about it, you know. And thank God for you today praying about it because when I didn't, you were praying about it, Absolutely. you know. And the singularity of focus, that's what's going to get us there. That's what's going to get us there. Amen. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. (laughs) Man. Well, thank you so much, Fred. This has been just a great time. I I really appreciate you coming on and and chatting. And, and, man, I'm going to keep you in prayer. Yes, sir. uh, As you continue to minister um and hopefully you guys will be able to get back to meeting in person soon um, soon yeah or at least some semblance of together right yeah. <laughs> at least the band you know yeah, exactly. the band back together. <laughs> isn't that the truth oh man all right well thanks so much brad really appreciate you joining us thank you craig i appreciate you for reaching out i'm gonna keep you in prayer too i'm gonna do better about that thank you thank you yeah.